Quick warning, some of the content of some of these stories could be considered sensitive or terrifying in nature, and as such, viewer discretion is advised. If you enjoy the video, please hit the thumbs up button and leave me a comment. If you have a story you want to send my way, go to asTheRavenDreams.com slash submit or check the links down below. And of course, thank you as always. Enjoy. Back in 2016, my family decided to have a family reunion in celebration of my great-grandmother's 100th birthday. I have quite a large extended family with many aunts, uncles, cousins, and great-cousins, so we agreed to have it at a park and do a cookout. Everyone would bring something from sides, drinks, snacks, and desserts, or pitch in for the cost of the meats that we would be cooking there. I was pretty excited myself, as I hadn't seen most of them in several years. I used to be really close to some of my cousins, so I was ready to see them and finally catch up. The time came for the party, so my parents, myself, and little sister with our baked potato salad made our way to the park. There were already several people there by the time we arrived. Of course... It was a public park, so there were other kids and families on the playground, which was next to the shelter we had rented. As more and more people showed up, I had to go around and say hi, tell everyone how I was doing, and introduce myself to others. Some of the adults started cooking the hamburgers and hot dogs, while the rest of us all sat around talking. When some of my favorite cousins showed up, I quickly ran to hang out with them. I was 15, close to 16 at the time, so we decided to go hang out at the playground since my little sister and younger cousins were over there. On the playground, there was a swing set for four kids. One of them was a little toddler-like seat. There was a rock wall that led to the top of the jungle gym, where you could walk across this little bridge to a slide and something else. And on the other side, by the rock wall, were the monkey bars leading into a sand pit. There were some other little nearby things for the younger kids to play with, but this was the main area that we stayed in. Upon walking over there, my mom and sister were in the sand pit playing with buckets that were in there to make a castle. After my mom and cousin talked for a few moments, she asked me to watch my sister so she could go back over to where my dad was. I agreed, since me and my cousin Tasha wanted to walk away from the adults anyway. So, we stayed with my sister and helped build a sandcastle. We even partially covered her in sand, up to her waist per her request. She liked doing that and then trying to climb out. She's weird like that. After a few times... We decided to go sit on the bench, which was opposite the sandbox. And that way I could still see her, and we could just talk a little more privately. We told each other just about everything, and not being able to see each other meant that we had a lot to share. Her mom, my aunt, ended up moving out of the state, and they didn't have a phone so we could talk freely on, so 
we sent messages through Facebook occasionally. While sitting there talking, we also observed some of the people that were at the park that were not part of our family. Like, there was a little boy sliding down head first, licking the slide on the way down. I can't make this stuff up. All the while, his mother was arguing with someone on the phone, standing next to the slide. We saw a few other kids that were running around together, and two that started playing with my sister in the sand. Then, we started seeing the strange ones. There was an older, bald guy that showed up, but he stopped and talked to some of my family, so I assumed he was with us, and just another person that I didn't quite know yet. After a while, he walked over to the park and sat on the bench on the opposite side, looking at his phone. It struck us as odd for a moment to have this guy sitting at the park when he didn't appear to have any kids over here. Why would you not be over-talking with the adults? I asked Tasha if she knew that guy, and she didn't know him either, but was having the same thoughts as me. So, we continued what we were doing, all the while people watching, including that guy. After a few moments, he noticed us looking at him and smiled and waved. Not knowing how to react, we just did the same. Apparently, this was his cue to walk over to us. He said something to the effect of, Family reunion, huh? We just smiled and confirmed. <laughs> then he asked, So who do you girls belong to? Again, based on his question, we thought he was part of the family, so we told him our parents' names. He then claimed to be my father's and her mother's third cousin, and explained that he hasn't been around in a while. We let it go and briefly talked about how old we were, what grades we were in, and the normal things that I had already been asked by the others. He then said he was going to walk around a bit, and waved goodbye. I noticed that he walked over to the sand pit and started talking to the kids over there. He then pulled out his phone and took a picture of the three kids. We thought maybe as a memory, but he didn't even mention taking a picture of us. We continued talking and watching the kids all while keeping an eye on this guy. He got up from the sand pit and walked away to talk on his phone. I remember he looked annoyed with the call and eventually got off and walked over to the other kids on the playground and then started talking to them and actually helped one little girl go across the monkey bars. Now, I know it's probably normal for adults to help little kids around them. After all, I do that too when I'm at the park playing with my sister and a little kid asks for help. It was just a little odd to me that these kids he was picking up, they weren't part of our family gathering. Something didn't feel right. Something about this situation and this guy did not sit right with me. And I told Tasha about it, and she agreed. I could tell that she had the same feeling based on us both losing direction of our conversations. So, as I was telling her I was going to go ask my dad about it, my sister had come running over saying she was thirsty. I thought it was perfect timing to walk over there. As we got up from the bench, 
The guy swiftly walked over to us and said, I brought some drinks for the party. Could you girls help me bring them over to the shelter? I forgot to mention that the parking lot is quite long, as there's also a walk-slash-biking path, so it expands the whole backside of the two shelters that were there and the playground. There's also an entrance to the park on each side of the parking lot. While most of the family parked closer to the shelter, some had to park further down as it started filling, but this guy parked as far over to the opposite side as he could. He pointed over to where his hatchback was and said he forgot to bring the cooler, so he just had a bunch of 12-packs that he needed help with. Hell no. This was exactly what I was afraid of. Tasha kind of froze not knowing how to respond to the guy when I quickly told him that my sister wanted a drink, so I was going to drop her off with my mom first. He tried stopping us, saying she could help carry something else that he had brought, to which I don't remember what it was. So instead, I told him that we weren't allowed to leave the playground area, so I would drop my sister off and let them know that I was going to be helping. This guy looked pissed. How could someone get so angry at a child just doing what their parents told them to? With his face turning red, I picked up my sister and pushed Tasha ahead of me, and we walked back to our parents. When I got there, I quickly asked my dad who was talking to someone else if they knew the bald guy. He looked confused at first, and I told him that he claimed to be his cousin and explained everything that had just taken place. My mom looked worried, and right as she was talking about calling the cops, my dad joked that he'd just take care of the guy himself. That's when we started hearing a woman screaming from the park. A lot of us looked over to see what was going on when the woman started shouting, He has my kid! Several adults in the family started running over to see what was going on and to round up the kids still on the playground. We were told to stay at the shelter while they figured things out. Shortly after, the cops showed up and several of us had to give statements, including me and Tasha, because, you guessed it, it was the bald guy. Apparently, when we started walking back, he ended up snatching the girl that he was helping on the monkey bars but he let go of her as someone caught up to him and tackled him. He barely got out of the parking lot when another cop was able to finally stop him. I heard all this from my father as he was talking to other people about it. I was incredibly thankful that Tasha and I stuck to our gut and refused to go with this guy. We have no idea what his plans were after he got one of us, but it's a terrifying thought that I try not to think about. Back in 2018, my husband and I decided to take our first real vacation since we had gotten married. We had a small wedding with just close family and friends at the park. We brought our own food and drinks, so all we really had to pay for was the shelter and invitations. We didn't have the money to go on a honeymoon, so we saved up until we had enough to go somewhere we wanted, and it wouldn't be so rushed. 
We decided on the Great Lakes, since I had never been to them, and I've always wanted to go see them. We got it all set up and scheduled, and made our plans for July. That way we could make a road trip out of it, and have a holiday to ourselves as well. We were going to be going to Lake Michigan first, and then over to Lake Erie, and then back home. The drive up there was great. We live in southern Indiana. We saw some fun stuff on the way and made a few stops that seemed memorable to us. We were planning on being here for a few days, and then we would head to our next destination. Once we got there, we checked into our hotel and hung out in our room for a few hours, unpacking, and just looking at all the little pamphlets they give you with visitors' information, and we started making plans for what we wanted to do. We found a local diner to eat at, and went to an ice cream place that someone else recommended. From there, we went back to our hotel and stayed there for the night. We got a late start on leaving, so we didn't have much time that day. The next day was when the fun would start. We had breakfast at the hotel, then went back to our room to change into our swimsuits. We put our clothes on over them, packed a small bag of things to bring, and headed out. I know it's not a good thing to do, but I like making jewelry out of little trinkets and pieces of scrap or debris, so I brought a small tote bag in case I found something to take home, including rocks or seashells. We got to the beach on the lake and found a good spot to leave our stuff. We went to the water and just hung out together, talking, choking, and playing around. After a bit, we decided to walk around the shoreline to see if we could find any treasures for me to take home. While we walked around, I found something shining in the sand. I walked toward it and carefully unburied it. It was what looked like a ceramic at first, but had ridges like a clamshell. However, it seemed too thick to be a seashell. Possibly a shell that made an impression into this. It also had hue close to lilac with little veins of darker purple, almost blue. It was definitely worthy of my collection. I remembered this, because I had beads that reminded me of this and thought it would make an awesome earring and necklace combo. I showed it to my husband, and he tried to figure out what it was as well, but we had no idea. Regardless, it would become something even more beautiful. We continued walking along, found a few other items, and picked up pieces of trash we found along the way. After being out there for a few hours we decided to head back and get lunch. I remember putting the small tote in the bottom of the beach bag we brought and putting the bag on the bench next to the door in our room. We took showers, and then we headed out to eat. We went back to our room afterwards and laid around there after eating too much. The next day, we tried some other local touristy things and we had an easy day. We went to have drinks that night at the bar in the hotel, and then went back up to our room. 
while my husband was watching TV, I decided to pull out my bag of items and look at them again and clean them up. I was interested in the ceramic, like one specifically, but I couldn't find it. I emptied the entire bag, then emptied the beach bag, and still it was gone. I thought maybe I put it somewhere to keep it safe. So I looked in my shorts that I was wearing yesterday, and it wasn't there. It wasn't in my husband's shorts either. I looked all over the room and our suitcases, and still found nothing. He finally asked me what I was looking for, and I started explaining it to him. He looked confused. He claimed that he had no idea what I was talking about, and didn't remember me ever finding anything like that. I was confused and started to become slightly annoyed because this just happened the day prior. How could you not remember? I let it go, thinking to myself maybe it was the alcohol and that I would find it tomorrow. The next day, however, I left everything laid out on the counter and it was not there. The bag was still empty. We were planning on heading out today, so... I mentioned that we should stop by the beach to walk it one more time before we left, and he agreed. We packed up and headed out, and he actually suggested that we try driving further down to an area we didn't get to go to for a better selection. Once we got there and started walking around, I got stopped by a lady and her dog and started petting it. As I was finishing, though, my husband called me over to him saying he found something. To my astonishment, it was the piece I had found two days ago. I knew it was that because I remembered the shape and that it had a crooked hole on one edge, which made me think it would be perfect as a necklace. I was excited at first, but then became confused and almost angry. Did he have a hold of it this whole time just to mess with me? He doesn't really do that. He couldn't hold on to a prank over days, and then why this one item specifically? So, I asked him if he remembered me talking about this the day before, or finding it the last time we came out here, and he said no. He even explained what it could possibly be, and two days prior, he had no idea. I was confused but happy to have it back. I put it in a small plastic bag that I had and put it in my pocket, so I knew it was on me. I wish I could say that this was it, but it got even stranger. We drove over to Lake Erie, which was a few hours away, and we found a little hotel to stay at that was close to the port. We would end up staying two days here. On the first, we stopped at a convenience store to get something for our room and while we were there, we decided to grab a few energy bars for our drive back in a few days. With that, we checked out. I put the bars in the front of my suitcase and went about our day. Everything was fine during the time that we were there until we were about to leave. While packing up, my husband asked to grab a bar for him, and as I went to grab them, they were gone. We bought four of them, and... They were all missing. I asked him if he moved them somewhere, and again he said no, and he agreed that he watched me put them in the suitcase. So, as I did before, I looked everywhere for these damn things, 
and they were gone. I even tried finding the receipt, knowing I took it from the cashier, and it was nowhere. Now, I'm explaining to him that this was the exact same thing that happened with that thing I found on the beach that he found for a second time. We just dropped it, both of us confused, me a little more than him, and headed for our path home. Just to add one last thing, when we got home, we took the day to just be lazy, and the day after, I started emptying all the bags and suitcases. My little purple thing was still with me, but what else was with me when I opened the suitcase? Those energy bars. In the front zipper, with the receipt. I took a picture of it, and I sent it to my husband, and he again was just as intrigued since he saw me check there. He still does not recall me finding that item first, but he does think something happened since I felt so strongly about it, and since it also happened with the energy bars. I'm curious if this is a normal thing for those lakes, or did we just get lucky for a glitch in the Matrix to happen close to both of them? This actually happened to me a few months back, when I was at a small cookout. It was going to be me and my girlfriend, Angie, my sister and her husband at my parents' house, and possibly a few of their friends or neighbors. My parents don't live in the best neighborhood, but they make do with what they have. They do have one of the nicer houses on the block, though, surrounded by some pretty trusting neighbors that are a bit younger than them, so I at least felt comfortable knowing they were safe where they were. Angie was kind enough to make potato salad, to bring to the cookout, because I fail at cooking almost anything, and I brought the soda. Once we got there, I was greeted by my mom in the kitchen finishing up her cake she always made. It's like a vanilla bean cake with strawberry and blueberry puree mixed in. It's one of the best cakes I've ever had. She also made grilled corn on the cob and baked potatoes while my dad made the brats, hamburgers, and chicken. Since my sister didn't eat red meat. I'm just laying out our spread for dinner, as it will be relevant for later. Shortly after us... My sister showed up with little snack foods, like crackers, cheese, chips, and dip. We were all sitting around talking when I realized I hadn't brought out the soda. They'd been sitting in the kitchen behind some other items. As I went to grab them, my dad mentioned putting them in a cooler, and that way we could get them cold. Or, at least cooler than it was outside in this heat. As I went to get the cooler and pull some ice out of the deep freeze, I noticed they didn't have any. My parents love ice for some reason, and they always had like a huge bag of it, so it was weird to see it empty. When I went up to ask them about it, they said their deep freeze had actually quit working, so they had to move what they could to their freezer and try to save the rest in their little cooler, which included their ice. They had just gotten it fixed the day before and apparently forgot to go get more. I offered to get some, since I didn't think about it anyway, 
and off my girlfriend and I went for the ice. We went to the store that was maybe three miles or so away. It was one of the nicer ones in the area, with usually a lot of people around. That also meant there were more sitting outside of the front, asking for money, cigarettes, gas, etc. This is nothing new to me. However, as we approached the store, there was a woman sitting nearby with a sign that just said, Stay safe. She was wearing a mask and sunglasses. She had her hair in a messy bun and was dressed like she had just come from church. At first glance, you would think it was someone doing the normal, but she wasn't asking for anything. She was singing. I couldn't tell you the song, but it sounded gospel-like. As people walked by, she waved at them, or nodded. A bit different to say the least, but not the strangest thing I've seen. As we approached the entrance, though, I noticed that she had stopped singing and pulled her sunglasses up and just stared at us. From the moment we got to the sidewalk and walked in, she stared, like she recognized us, maybe, but couldn't remember who we were. Once it finally registered that she was staring at me, I just smiled and tried my best to not make eye contact. But you know that feeling when there's eyes on the back of your head? I knew she was watching me still. I made a hard dash around the corner once in the store, and I turned to Angie to ask if she had witnessed that too, and she laughed. She obviously saw it too, but just joked that she was probably trying to intimidate me. Maybe because she had never seen me before. I remember half-ass agreeing with her, because why else was she doing that and why to me? From there... We grabbed the ice, paid, and headed back out. The entrance and exit doors are one, so this means that I had to walk past crazy again. So, out we go. Not really thinking I need to be on guard, just that I would be stared at. My arm is suddenly grabbed by none other than this lady. I look over real quick once again to see her lift her glasses and pull down her mask, and all she says is, Don't. Eat the peppers. She has the most serious and concerned look on her face. And I stayed like that for a few seconds. Believe me, it felt a hell of a lot longer. But then she let go of my arm, slowly pulled her mask back up, and started singing again. I walked a little faster to my car while I kept looking back at her. Once again, in the car... I asked if Angie saw that. She again agreed it was weird, but chalked it up to her just being crazy. I thought maybe I was overreacting, but for some reason, the way she looked at me just freaked me out. Like, she had seen something in me. It was weird. Back at my parents' house, we filled up the cooler, and Angie teased about the lady at the store. To my surprise, though, my parents were not surprised by this. She said she's always up there, and if she's not singing, she would stop random people at the doors and say something weird to them, but also that they had never been stopped before. They also agreed to not worry about it, as it was probably just more of the norm that they had seen. 
From then, we had a great night. A few of the neighbors came over, and then left after drinking too much. All the food was great, and the soda was cold. After people started leaving, Angie and I were the last ones there, as we typically are. As we were talking, we got on the subject of produce since my girlfriend was attempting a small vegetable garden on our apartment balcony. My mom remembered that she had bought some banana peppers from a local farmer's market, and she thought they would be sweeter, but they were too spicy. They both hate spicy foods, so they offered to give them to us, saying that we could also use the seeds to plant. We didn't hesitate. I don't have a problem with spicy foods, but I also don't specifically seek them out either. We gathered our take-home stuff, and we headed out. Once we were home and putting stuff away, Angie wanted to try the pepper, so she pulled one out and took a bite of it. She said it was actually sweeter than usual, and offered it to me, so I took a bite as well. It tasted as expected, again, not being huge on spice, so... I just agreed with her. It was only about nine when we left, and we were both off the next day, so we stayed up to watch a movie. Not too far into the movie, I started getting a really bad dry mouth, and I found myself constantly clearing my throat. I felt bad because I got up several times to get more water, and then I had this coughing fit, but she seemed more concerned about me as it just started happening out of nowhere. That's when it started getting harder to breathe. You can guess where this was going. I was having an allergic reaction, and the only thing that I had eaten recently were those damn peppers. Angie got me to the hospital quickly, and they gave me a really strong allergy medication, and then waited to make sure the swelling in my face went down. It didn't dawn on us until after I got back home that the lady specifically told me to not eat the peppers. How the hell would she have known any of that? My parents weren't with me. My mom didn't buy them from there, and they weren't even part of dinner. I've also never had an issue with peppers before. I know it's stupid, but I've even tested this since by trying a few other peppers, like jalapenos and poblanos, and I've never had a reaction. I'm afraid to try banana peppers again to see if it's now a permanent thing, or just that one-off time. Another thing I'm confused about, I don't know if I'm scared of that woman or genuinely impressed. So that was a collection of summertime horror stories. Summertime horror stories being stories of the horror genre, scary stories, true stories, that occurred during the summertime. That's right. Summertime horror stories. I don't know where I'm going with this. Just know that that was the theme, the logic to this. Anyway, if you enjoyed the video, please do hit that thumbs up button and leave me a comment letting me know which story was your favorite, which story was the ter most terrifying to you. Let me know. It was kind of weird to have a glitch in the Matrix story in a non-glitch video, but I think it fit this one better, so... Thank you to everyone who lets me use their stories, and thank you to everyone who listens. I really hope you enjoyed. Please, if you're new to the channel, consider joining the Nevermore by hitting that subscribe button. That's all you gotta do. Hit subscribe, hit the bell icon if you want to. 
just let me know you're there. And yeah, that's all it takes. So if you want to support further, you can hit the join button down below or go to patreon.com slash as the Raven dreams. And for $1 a month, you can get early access to all my videos. And that's right. That's what you want, right? That's what you want, right? I don't know. I got nothing here. Hope you all have a beautiful day, and I hope you're all having a gorgeous, you know, summer. Hope you're all just enjoying the sun if you can. If not, that's totally cool, because I don't enjoy the sun myself. So I'll talk to you all later. Have a beautiful day, and of course, my friends, you are valid, you are loved, you are important, and never, ever let anyone tell you otherwise. And of course, until I see you again, sleep well. Thank you.